You know, it was uh, Christmas break, and uh, our family decided to celebrate. We decided to take some time together and relax and play any myriad of games you could think of inside and uh, just laugh and talk together. And uh, one of the things we ended up doing one evening was uh, we were watching some uh, different videos together. We were watching some TV. And uh, have you ever noticed how you can sit together for like five hours and feel like you were never together because that thing was on? You know what I'm talking about? So it got to like 10 o'clock at night and uh, my older daughter looks over at me and she goes, please don't make us go to bed. We need family time. So, uh, so we went upstairs to our bed and we turned the TV on again. But what we turned on was say yes to the dress. Have you seen this thing? Okay, so here's one guy and three women laying in bed and we're watching a show about buying a wedding dress. And it's all about these women who are going to celebrate their marriage by spending unbelievable amounts of money. And they're looking at these dresses and the woman's like, don't you think it looks great? And she's showing her friends and they're like, it looks wonderful, you know, and tears are in their eyes. And I'm like, whatever, you know, $15,000 dress, you know, now I'm crying. Oh my word. Are you serious? You know what I'm saying? So we're watching this show and it is, it, honestly, we had a good time talking and joking around and it was one of those shows where you can talk during the midst of it and you're not ruining it because there's really no plot line other than you're just watching a lot of tears and a lot of white. You know what I'm saying? We enjoyed that moment together as we watched people figuring out how to celebrate, how to celebrate a moment in their life, one thing going on, wedding vows, and what can they do to make that the most special day of their life? Question. How can we celebrate coming to know Jesus Christ as our Savior? How can we take that moment, that marriage, how can we take that change in our life and celebrate it like never before? That's the question that we're going to be answering today. We're going to take a look at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, and we're going to figure this question out. How do we celebrate new life? How do we celebrate our new life with Christ? The ushers are going to be coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands, and uh, we'd love to get one to you. We're just going to be walking through this passage, so if you need a Bible, raise your hand, and we'll get one to you, okay? Just raise your hand, and we'll get a Bible to you. This is a story of new life we're looking at here. Acts chapter 8. Have you ever noticed how when there's a story of new life, God is involved? God is moving. That's the first thing we have to be watching for in this story of new life, that God is moving with this Ethiopian eunuch. It's an amazing opportunity. Check this out. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Okay, in this moment, Philip, he's been sharing and interacting. He's been changing and shaping and helping others come to know Christ. And what he says is simply this. I want you to be used, Philip, in a moment. So this angel tells him where to go. Go to the desert. Okay, that's usually not the place you go to find a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Go over there where it's a desert. That's why it says this is a desert place. You're supposed to go, oh, well, that's kind of a weird place to be requested to go. What's going on? Philip goes. His response, he rose and went. In other words, I know this is from God. I'm being asked to do it. We don't question. We go. God's moving. Let's move. So he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. 
and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. You know what? In the desert, there's really not a lot of people. But there was one. There was a guy traveling along whose heart was prepared. He was ready. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. He had come to Jerusalem to worship God. He didn't quite understand the whole of it. And he's reading to find out more about it. He's saying, I want to know more. And as he's reading, you can only imagine in these moments him saying, I'm reading the scripture, God. I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting out of this. And God's going, hang on, messenger coming. Philip, go to the desert. Can you see it? And so while this heart is being prepared and while this heart is stirred and he's reading the scripture and he's trying to figure out what it means and he's riding along in his chariot of sorts. So he's getting the kind of the high class tour of the desert. As he's moving along, here comes Philip. Philip sees him and uh, it says after he was coming toward Jerusalem to worship and he was reading in verse 29, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join the chariot. It's kind of a big deal actually. To approach someone of position and authority and influence and to just walk up is really not a respectful thing to do. But he's called to do it. And so he's stepping forward. He steps up as the Holy Spirit asks him to to join the chariot in verse 30. So Philip ran to him. Okay, go join the chariot. Okay, now I got to admit, if I was told to join the chariot, I would probably move along and I would kind of approach a little bit carefully and you catch that last guy in the line and you're like, hey, I'm looking to talk to the guy up there sitting in that chariot. Do you think I can go a little forward? Are you okay with that? Or are you going to hit me? You know what I mean? Like he's going to ask, nope, not Philip. He's just booking, you know, like I'm told to get up there. I'm going. And he runs right up to the front, right up to this chariot because he's got something to, to find out what's going on. He's not exactly even sure himself at the moment. Go over to join the chariot. Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And now comes Philip's evangelism skills. Do you understand what you're reading? The power of the question. God moving. Oftentimes we have a chance to be a part of God moving. Not because we've got an unbelievable lecture. Not because we've got this unbelievable series of verses that we're going to walk them through and rip them to the core but rather because you just say, you understand what's going on? What are your thoughts right now? Let me hear from you. And in that moment, you start to become a good listener. Philip is listening to see what the real struggle is. Why did God send me here? He's already reading Isaiah. He seems to have it down. He could have said, ah, not this guy. I must move on. You already know to read scripture. See ya. Is that what he says? No. No says, do you understand what you're reading? Maybe that's the problem. Verse 31. He said, how can I unless someone guides me? All right, this guy's got his act together. Okay? It's not self-sustaining, self-providing. It's helped me to find God. What's going on in this passage? What am I supposed to understand? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Can you imagine that moment? Come up in my chariot. Seriously? Yeah, come on up and sit with me. Let's talk for a while. Okay. And he climbs up in. So here comes Philip, a guy who's been running through the dusty desert. He just climbs up next to this official and he's hanging out with him in a chariot for a while and they're chatting together. God is moving. He says, how can I, unless someone guides me, he invited him to join him, to sit with him in verse 32. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. 
Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? He says, Help me understand. What's going on? Is he talking about himself? Is that what Isaiah is saying? It's me, it's my generation, it's my problems, it's my... What's he saying? In that moment, as, as this Ethiopian eunuch is trying to reason and figure things out, as he's asking good questions and Philip is listening well, the Holy Spirit is speaking to his heart and moving him and shaping him. He asks a great question. So who is this about? Verse 35. Notice that whenever God moves... Scripture seems to be around. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the Scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. The good news about Jesus Christ. He began to walk through the Scriptures, Old Testament Scriptures. And he's showing the proof of a coming Messiah. And he's showing the hope of a Lord Jesus Christ. And he's showing how, from Isaiah, there's going to be this Messiah, but there's going to be a servant aspect first. And we just saw it. Let me tell you about this Jesus I saw. Let me tell you, tell you about these experiences I saw that I was a part of. And he began to testify of personal life story with Jesus. He began to share of scriptural truth of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is beginning to cut to the quick. The eunuch is growing and hearing and softening even more. And as he's beginning to understand what this is all about, he grasps the depth and the riches of knowing who Jesus Christ is. You know, we're told in Romans chapter 10, how do we end up getting to have this saving faith? It's by believing that God has raised him from the dead. It's by confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're told in Ephesians chapter 2 that it is by faith that we're saved. It is our faith that that brings us to a saving relationship with him. It, it, it isn't about how hard you work. It's about how much you trust him. And as we lean on him, as we put our trust in him, as we say, Lord, please use your shed blood on the cross to replace what I owe, we're grasping that servant moment that Jesus Christ was offering for you and for me. Please replace what I owe because it's eternal separation from you if I pay it myself eternal separation or Jesus shed blood and your trust. Those are the two choices. The eunuch is given this opportunity, this rich moment where God is working, where the scriptures are powerfully shared, where a testimony is given. And in the moment, the eunuch is beginning to get the gist. He's grasping it all. And in that moment, apparently there's a discussion of baptism as well. Because his next response, take a look at this. His next response is, as they were going along the road, they came by some water and the eunuch said, Hey, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized right now? Right here. Let's just do it here. Why not, right? I mean, I'm trusting, I'm believing, I'm a follower. Didn't you say it's belief and then baptism? Let's go. And in that moment, Philip can only think, there was a reason I was sent. God moved. Scripture shared. Lives changed. And let's go reflect and celebrate.
you know, it says, and he commanded the chariot to stop. They both went down into the water, water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went away rejoicing. He went on his way rejoicing. In the moment where we get a chance to be a part of sharing with someone else, in the moment where we get a chance to be the one who is being shared with, in the moment where we get a chance to experience for the very first time, that's what it all means? That's who Jesus Christ is? That's how this whole thing works? I believe. I'm giving him my heart. I want to lean on him. There's one way to celebrate. Baptism. It's a way for us to step forward and say, I trust in him. I believe in him. He is my Lord. I give him my heart and my life. And I simply want to stand up and say, this is about him. I love Jesus. I'm a follower of his. May we celebrate him. You know, it's a lot like a marriage. We get married to the person that we are taking our vows with. And we do that once. We marry them. And then we're married That's what this is. We're making a decision. And it's a celebration of that decision. It's a symbol of that decision to go ahead with baptism. It's a piece that we have an opportunity to do where we say, he has rocked my world. He has blown me away. I trust in him with all I've got. There is nothing the same in my life. May I at least stand up and say, I love Jesus. And I'm with him. That's what it's about. When we talk about baptism, when we talk about moving forward and taking that step where even Aaron alluded, some of us go, in front of people though? In front of people? You know, yeah, that's a neat moment for us to be able to take just a short moment. I mean, it's brief, it goes fast, but it's a moment for you to stand there and say, I trust in Jesus as my Savior. I love Him. That's where I put my faith and trust. We have an opportunity to celebrate. We have an opportunity to take a step that says, I'm aligned with him. It's a great moment of public celebration as we put ourselves publicly into his hands. Don't get me wrong, baptism doesn't save. That isn't what it's about. It isn't about salvation, getting it. It's about salvation, I've already got it. It's about, Lord, you have rocked my world. May I just stand up and say, thank you for who you are. And thank you for what you've done in my life. Praise Jesus. I'm following him. That's baptism. You know, as we look at celebrating new life, as we look at moving into this new year, we decided to uh, put baptisms on January 3rd. It's the first Sunday of the new year. Unfortunately, it's after six inches of snow the Sunday before. But our goal here is to see us celebrate and take opportunity to simply say this. God, you've rocked my world. I trust in you. I have believed. I just want to stand up now and be baptized. You know, here's a couple common questions about baptism. We'll just walk through these real quickly, okay? A couple common questions. Why be baptized? Well, we covered part of it already, right? It's a celebration. It's a great moment to stand up and say, he has changed me, he's my Lord. But another reason to why be baptized, did you know he commanded it? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. 
He says, let's go and make disciples. Teaching and baptizing. Teach all that I've commanded and baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. How do we make disciples? We follow through with what he asked us to do. How do we make disciples? We say, Lord, you commanded it. I'm doing it. Lord, if you're my Lord, then I will, Lord, follow you as Lord, Lord. So as you've told me what to do, I'm now doing. You're asking, I'm doing. You've said be baptized, I'm going to be baptized. You've said to say, believe and then be baptized, that's what I'm doing. I'm following after you. Why be baptized? Because it's commanded, but because it allows us to stand up and say, I love him. I love Jesus Christ with all I've got. You know, it is a great symbol. That's the last reason to be baptized. It's a great symbol. You know, when we go down into the water, it's like Romans chapter 6, down into death and come up into new life. It's a great symbol of what we've experienced. May we take that moment to celebrate a symbol that says, I'm with him. I'm following him. I'm following his commandment and I love him. I'm going after him. Why be baptized? That's a lot of good reasons. Does it mean I have to have it all together? Does it mean I have to, I mean, maybe I shouldn't get baptized until I at least feel like every day I'm only making one or two little mistakes. No, that's not what baptism is about. Baptism isn't about, I finally have my act together. That's quite the opposite. Baptism is about, I don't have my act together. I need a savior, right? I need a savior. So I, it's not, I don't really need a savior. That's why I finally stepped in the water, right? I finally got my whole act together. So I don't need, that's not what it's about. It's about, I need my Savior. I have come up short. I will continue in various ways to come up short. And while I am progressing in my growth, there are still many things that I don't have right. It's not get to a certain level, then get baptized. Ooh, you made it to level three. It's baptism time. That's not what it is. It's, do you believe in him? Yes. Then get baptized. Step forward and show that you're a follower of his. Some days we're better followers than others, but it's time to follow him. I don't have my act together. Good, neither do I. Come join us. That's what it's about. Baptism. It's an awesome celebration moment. It's an awesome opportunity to simply say, I don't have my act together, but I'm going to follow him and I'm going to follow through. How do we baptize? You know, I kind of, uh, I talked about it a little bit here, but it's a symbol, Romans chapter 6. So we do, um, we're going to, somehow, somewhere up here, we're going to figure this out over this next week. We're going to have a baptismal sitting in here, and we will go down into the water and come back up. They call it immersion, okay? We're going to do that style of baptism, Romans chapter 6, down into his death, up into new life. It's an awesome moment of celebration. It's an awesome 450 gallons of water. That's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do regular immersion-style baptism. If you noticed here, it says they went down into the water, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and they came up out of the water. There's a going into and a going down under and back up, okay? That's the style of baptism. And just so you know, what we're going to do is we're going to take just a moment of celebrating what God is doing in the person's life. We're, I mean, short, okay? So hear me on this one. There's going to be a couple of simple questions. Some people are panicked, like, I'm in front of people. I can't talk. That's not going to happen. Here's all we're asking. So you're going to, it's like, it's like you're getting the quiz questions ahead of time. So here's the questions, okay? It's simply this. How and when did you come to know him? 
how and when? Like, was it through parents, through a friend, through a family member? Was it just through reading Scripture on your own? Was it that you went and saw a movie and it really rocked your world and you, all of a sudden you became aware of things? What was it that brought you to a point where you opened up your life to Christ? How and when did you come to know Him? And then, what's life like now? Just give us a little snippet of what life is like. Be honest. Some of us might say, you know what? It's been awesome and it's been rough. There's been some tougher times, but there's been some awesome times. And here's how I'm leaning on him. Just whatever it is, just a quick sentence. And then, why do you want to be baptized? And here's the answer. I'm giving you the answer to why you want to be baptized. All right, you ready? So you got the question and you got the answer. This is an easy quiz, right? Why do you want to be baptized? I just want to say that I love him. I just want to obey him. That's why we be baptized, okay? It's not, I want to be saved. That already happens in our belief. We need to make sure that we have a faith in him. And then we go forward to be baptized. That's all it is. Why do you want to be baptized? You know what? I want to be baptized simply because I love him and I want to obey him. As we take our steps, the last one might be, well, when should we be baptized? Uh, Next week. Okay? I mean, look at what the Ethiopian eunuch did. They're riding along in the chariot, and he's like, hey, should we schedule something? Do you have an application where I could get this in for next, you know, maybe a year from now, and, or maybe three years from now, and I have to prove a little bit? And No, he's like, hey, there's water. Let's do it. I believed. Let's be baptized. Question. Do you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? Okay. Thank you. I almost moved to an evangelistic sermon. Okay. Do you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? The next question for you. Have you been baptized? If the answer to that is no, next week. It's time to be baptized. If the answer to that is no, it's time. It's time for us to celebrate him. It's time for us to lock arms with him. And you're going to lock arms with us as pastors too. And we're going to be a part of this together as you celebrate three easy questions, which you now already know and you already know the answers to. It's time to step up and say, I'm following him. I love Jesus Christ, and I'm going to obey what he's asked me to do, Matthew chapter 28. Let's step up and just say this. I've got new life in him, and I just want to celebrate it. If you have not been baptized, next week is for you. Let's do this. Some of you are sitting here right now, and you're going, oh, man. I knew we should have stayed home. The snow, it would have been a great experience. It's time. I seriously want, please hear me on this. It's time. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and you have not been baptized, it's time. It's time for us to step up together and just be baptized and say, I love him and I'm following him. I'm doing exactly what he's asked me to do. It's a great opportunity for us to enjoy Christ at work in our lives. You know, just one quick question that some people ask on the when. Well, you know what? I was a part of a church as a kid that baptized infants. So I think I'm already baptized. Maybe I don't have to do it again. What do you think of that? Okay, here's my answer to that. Biblically, if you notice, it goes belief and then baptism. Belief and then baptism. So what are you saying then about this infant baptism? I'm saying this. What an awesome symbol that was of your parents' commitment to where they would like to see you. But this is an awesome commitment of your statement of where you stand with God so that you can be before him saying, Lord, I believed and was baptized. 
that was an awesome statement of your parents, and there is nothing against it. Please hear me on this. There is nothing against what's going on there. But if you have become a believer, it's time for you to step out in a deciding, believing adult person to get baptized, okay? When? As soon as you've believed. Now, I'm just going to hit a bunch of age ranges here. If you're in junior high and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, talk to your parents. You and your parents need to make a decision, but if you're good with being baptized and your parents are good with being baptized, it's time to be baptized. High schoolers, probably should still talk to your parents, but I'm telling you, if you believe in Jesus Christ and it's, you haven't been baptized, it's time to be baptized. Adults, young adults, young adults, we got young adults in a couple spots around here. Young adults, if you haven't been baptized, it's time. It's time to step up and say, Lord, I'm following you. All of us have a chance right here and right now to respond like the Ethiopian eunuch and simply say this, wow, that's who you are? I'm standing up. That's all we're doing. We're simply saying, I love him. Can you do it with me? That's the request. Can you do it with me? It's time next week for us to follow through on what God's asking us to do and love him. You know what? I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. They've got some cards in their hand, and they're just going to pass these down. Everybody take a card. Everybody take a card. And uh, while they're taking these cards and passing them down, I want each of you to fill out the whole thing of it, okay? This is your chance to share with us your testimony. Just give us a piece of what's going on in your life. It says, how and when did you meet Jesus Christ? Just fill that out so that we know a little bit. You might be sitting here and you're going, I don't know if I've done that. It's okay to write, still seeking, still figuring it out. Just write that down so we can know a little bit of what's going on. If you notice at the bottom, there's a thing that says, yeah, I want to be baptized this week. Write yes in big letters at the bottom, okay? Circle that. Let us see that. If you want to be baptized this week, write that down. But this is more than just, let's figure out who wants to be baptized. This is, let's celebrate what God's doing. Give us a little bit of your testimony. It's time to celebrate life. God is at work in you. God is at work in us. It's time to celebrate. Write down a little bit of your story. Let us know a little bit. We're just going to take a few minutes here. I'm going to pray, and then you're going to take a few minutes, and then I've got a little bit to close out with after that, okay? Just take this moment, fill this card out, and then we're going to pass them back to the end of the rows when you're done filling them out. Let me pray. Lord, may this be a chance for us to celebrate you. Lord, may we lift you up. May we stand up and say, yes, I've had a faith in you. I trust in you. You have given me eternal life. You have racked my world. I am counting on you for all eternity. May I stand up in this moment next week to be baptized. And Father, for those who have already been baptized, Lord, may this just be a great opportunity to celebrate what you're doing in us. God moving. Help us to celebrate as we write down a story of our new life with you.